Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Oh my God. This ball's thrown and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. That's a great catch by David Tyree. Welcome to Catch the Moment Podcast. I'm your host, David Tyree. Back for another exciting episode. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. And I listen, every week I'm excited. But this week, this is something really special because we got two legends at the table. Excited to have three-time Stanley Cup <laughs> champion, Ken Danico. What's going on, brother? How are you, David? Great to be with you, man. Bro. I remember the catch, believe me. I'm a sports junkie. <laughs> and I've been in Jersey a long, long time. So I love it. I, I rooted for all my local teams. But, Bro, uh, you know I'm coming. I'm coming for your story on, on the catch, but dude, you come to Jersey in 1982. I'm born in 1980, <laughs> and you are part of you know the the whole story of the New Jersey Devils, which is crazy because I'm a New Jersey native. So this is bro, you you are New Jersey royalty on a whole nother level. So I'm I'm gonna ask you, bro. So where were you? Give me any of your story or your memories when the helmet catch actually happened in 08. I was, well, I had retired in 2003. Nice. And, uh, that was the year I got drafted, too. Me and, the me year and David got drafted. And, and I know David very well. Yep. Great guy. So I, I, I'm blessed, man, over the years, get to meet other athletes. Like I said, I'm a sports junkie, whether it was the Giants or Jets or football or Mets or Yankees. Yeah. You do a lot of stuff over the years together in the summers and charity, but whatever it may be, you're a golf yeah. So... Met a lot of you guys. I love it. And I, I, I always, I'm still like a little kid when I meet certain <laughs> athletes. I really am. Still, yeah, just because so, know, I, I find I, I find it a privilege, and I, I just have so much interest in hearing, you know, I, me watching afar their accomplishments, yeah. but then to hearing some stories along the way. But for me, the catch, I was so after I retired, and I retired as Stanley Cup champion. No better way to go out. I was getting older. Your role diminishes a little, but. I was in and out of the 20 years, lineup, pretty, but pretty I got good. back into game seven, okay. hoist in the cup. I knew my career was over. You can't go out any better way. <laughs> so I retired, obviously stayed with the organization, which uh, I'm very good for. Right. Doing the broadcast, doing anything they asked me. Anything <laughs> I've been there a long time. But I, I became kind of a cigar aficionado. That was kind of okay. from celebrating cigar with cigars winning championships. That's sure. kind of what happened. So I'm, I'm in this, you know, found this place in Summit, New Jersey, Flores Tobacconist, that I still am a member today, go to Nice. Day. All big diehard Giants fans. Yeah. And I was with all those guys hooting and hollering. Going crazy. During your incredible, unbelievable catch when you guys won the So season. the place was lit up. <laughs> the place was Smoke, lit up. Smoked out, Smoke, lit up. Smoking cigars, guys jumping around, high-fiving. I mean, wild. it was uh, it was quite a moment. Like For me, it's almost like... Even having been in some of those moments and, yeah. and winning championships and, and yeah. having big things, I'm, it's almost like you're there, like because you can really absorb See, it. So I absorbed your catch, David. Trust me, it's pretty incredible, <laughs> <laughs> bro. No, Maybe no. even more so than I know fans. That's what it's about. They love it, but I'm like, yeah, I, I, I feel it. <laughs> you feel that? Well, listen, man. Like, and I think that's the whole point. Like, well, you you feel it at a whole other level. So, bro, like. And you got a great just humility. You're, I mean, you've 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 evolved as a pro professional, as an icon, um, in so many different different ways through through your experience and career. Like I said, for me as a Jersey boy, this is special. Mm -hmm. 
But I'm a transplanted Jersey, and that's how that's how I bro. preface it, even if it's proper English. People know I, I love for it here. You can't say anything bad about Jersey. Hell I grew no. up here. This is my world. You know I came they at eighteen he, years old. You know they so stepchild us a little bit in New York. You know they, you know you know you've been around <laughs> enough to know we get stepchild a little pe- bit. People know how it's the I grit. feel about this state. No. And as a uh, New Jersey Devil, and nobody knew much about hockey back when I came in '82. Heck yes, no. they knew. They they rooted for that team across the river. True. If they're hockey fans, and understand, yeah, yeah, so. of course. Um, but we wanted to make the state proud, and we were terrible when I started. And I was just wanted to be Man. part of the answer, part of the solution. Everybody thinks, "Do you want to be on a better team?" Do I go? No. I said, "I want to. I want to go through the tough times because I know how gratifying the good times will be." I kept telling everybody, "Trust me, we're going to be something someday." Is uh, did I believe it? How much? Uh, I don't know. But you could. Everybody used to hear it. The reporters would hear me say it. Star yeah. Ledger, when the paper back then. Star Ledger. I'd tell them, i go, we're going to be something someday. Uh, they used to laugh at me, I think. They we probably we became something. We won three Stanley Cups. Uh, three Stanley Cups is <laughs> a whole lot. And I was grateful to still be here. Because you usually get traded when you get good. Whole, that's true. <laughs> whole lot of... All right, so you got a lot of moments to hang on. And, and like I said, not to detach anything from your life, but what, is, what would you say is your defining moment, your signature moment, your favorite moment? Wow, Dave, that's, that is a tough one because there are so many great moments. I mean, the obvious is winning the first Stanley Cup. Sure. Because and what year it's was a that dream again? Remind come me. true, 1995. Okay. And, you know, I'd been through a lot. I, I, first five years, our team was a bottom feeder. We were Sheesh. terrible. So to still be on the team and yeah. turn in the corner in 88 – that was a huge moment because it, it, it's, yes, you're celebrating. That's a dream. The first dream is to get drafted. That's the great moment. Nice. I was in my kitchen. I can, I've told this story many times, but I'll, I'll just give it to I'll me. fast track it. So the first moment is always being drafted. We all dream of getting drafted, of right? Course. In sports, whatever sport we're playing, you no football, doubt. me and hockey. So the draft's in June, June 28th in the summer. I'm home in my hometown, Edmonton, Alberta, okay. where I grew up, Western Canada, where hockey was a religion. Uh, no there doubt. There was 10 candanicals in every corner. So <laughs> so it wasn't like, yeah, I was a pretty good player. But And then in juniors, I was a pretty good player. But you get drafted at 18 now in, in hockey. So it's a young, little bit of a younger man's yes, game. I never... That's, that was my draft year. I knew, I, I felt I was going to get drafted, but I'm cautious up there. So I never thought I was going to go real high. I didn't care. Yeah, just draft me. Man. Just so, draft me. So... I get a call early morning. It's in Montreal. It's the same time zone as New Jersey. Okay. So it's two hours later there. My mom, who's passed on since then, my little petite mother, 5'1", who was just such a big supporter of mine, about 8.40 in the morning, she calls me down to the kitchen. Kenny, get up and says, I'm out. I'm sleeping. I'm groggy. I went out, <laughs> I went out for a beverage or two the night before the draft some, for my, with my brother, older brother, uh. just to take the tension off and... I looked at the clock with one eye winking, and I go, Mom, it's way too early. She goes, Kenneth. I knew when she said Kenneth, she was serious. It is. Come down. Full name. Take this call. I go, hello. I'm all groggy. Congratulations, Ken. We've just drafted you. 18th overall. I was like, there was 21 teams at the time, so I just, oh. I'm going in the first round. And I was not ranked to go there. I was not supposed to be anywhere near the first round. So I, I was waiting for the third round, maybe I'd get yeah. drafted. So I'm going what did they see in me? Like I'm going, <laughs> I, I dropped the phone. I, I'm in tears. Like I'm going, mom, you're not going to believe this. Especially, I just got drafted 18th overall. My mom goes, my mother, who nice Catholic lady, never swear her in life. She goes, you got to be bleeping. <laughs> so I swear to God, my mother, <laughs> I love she it. She was like beside herself because I told her every day 
10 times a day, I'm going to play in the National Hockey League. Now, this I is love the it. first tech didn't draft it. So my mother looks at me and goes, well, ask who it is. I didn't ask the team. I didn't even care. <laughs> I pick up the phone. We're just hysterical. You didn't even care. Go crazy. I go, oh, yeah, by the way, who is this? They go, it's New Jersey. <laughs> they didn't have a team name yet. So it hadn't even picked the team name yet. It's they not even registered. Colorado. Not even registered. No, no name, bro. I, then I covered, no name. They're going to have a vote in the Star Ledger, the paper, on what the team's name is going to be. I cover the phone again. I go, Mom, where's New Jersey? I had no idea. And I've told this many, many times, David. But it never gets old because it was true. It was real. It was... And I would have ran the 2,000 miles that it was to get my opportunity. That's in New Jersey, bro. whatever, which became the devils. That's right, Giving baby. me my opportunity to fulfill a dream. So I was elated. I just really didn't know where it was. I knew it was near the big city yeah. and whatnot, but I, I'd really never been around here. And, Man, that's fantastic. And uh, it was just a great moment. So that's a great moment. 88, we made the playoffs for the first time. Crazy Last moment. game of the year, we hadn't made the playoffs for First five years, six years of our existence. Of course. Made it in 88. It was kind of turning turning point, point of the organization that we're going to finally maybe become something. Doesn't mean you're going to win. We thought we'd win. Of and we, it, we carried that winning the last, we went 7-0-1 our last eight games. Sure. And won in Chicago in overtime just to make the playoffs. We were the yeah. last seed. We beat the first seed. We beat the set. We, we ended up going to the Eastern Conference Finals. So we carried that momentum. Oh, crap. So that was when we beat the... Washington or New York Islanders, who were number one seed. We nice. beat the Washington Capitals, and then we met the Boston Bruins, Eastern Conference Finals, to go to the Stanley Cup Championship. We never in the playoffs. We got a chance to go to the Stanley Cup Finals, wow. and we lost in game seven games, best of seven. Gross. So we acquitted ourselves very well. That was a moment I'll never like. You, 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 you know, knew you I'm knew going it. all over because I'm talking about a lot of good moments. And we yeah, started that's all good. That's all good. Those are the first things: the draft, then '88 when we won in Chicago. Anybody that watches that video and fans, old-time fans of the Devils still love it as much as maybe the Cup. We celebrated wow. that we won the Cup in Chicago because we didn't know how to react. We never made the playoffs. Yeah. We never done. Our group of guys were so special that we just knew we were finally going to be playing games that mattered. Heck yeah. And we all threw our gloves in the air. And you know what? The Chicago fans, which I loved, it was in Chicago Stadium where yeah. the Bulls play, where the Blackhawks play. The fans were clapping for us. Like they were looking, we've never seen a team in the regular season throw their mitts like they'd won the. But it was it was real. It was surreal. It was an embracing moment for the whole league for the and, and, and our of franchise. The franchise. And then and we carried that like it wasn't like we were just happy to playoffs. We Fire. we beat two teams higher than us in the standings. Hell yeah, y'all so came ahead. In a roundabout way, those are the three probably greatest moments at the time. I Don't like get me wrong, 2000, 2003, We won. <laughs> we won the Stanley Cup again. Give and it I'm to us to win three times and. Hey, bro, you know, some guys never win their career, but no, those seriously. first moments, the draft, 88, and then the first cup were, were incredible. No, I love it. I, I like the package deal. I'll take every bit of it. I'll take every bit of it. You know I love it in threes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and I happen to be number three. That, so. This dude is everything right here. So, like, that, that, that's, really, that's, really, that's really profound to me because, you know, not just your, your story, your arrival. I mean, everything about you is like Alpha and Omega. You start with the arrogant. <laughs> you start with the with the with the with the uh, grassroots. When I, obviously they moved from when Colorado, Colorado Rockies, they were called at the wow, time. Wow. Okay. And so they were right. terrible too. So we knew when <laughs> <laughs> at the time, as far as the on ice product. Yeah. The, our late great owner, Dr. John McMullen, who treated me like a son. I was uh, his first pick. He just embraced me. I was family right away, and I'll, I'm forever indebted to him because I was, I was family to him right away. And he was just the greatest owner ever, and, and 
you know, we'll move on. We've got a few other owners, and they're still incredible. And Taking care of and Harris have been wonderful to us alumni and embracing the history and the, yeah. what we're all about and the championships. But our first owner, John McMullen, was was like, a, like I said, a second father to me. And That's I, special. I, I'm lucky because I don't take that for granted. You realize uh, now after you retired 5, 10, 15 years removed from playing days? Yeah. Well, Everybody got he different didn't treat experiences. Me like a piece of meat. Like I went through a lot of ups and downs. I played my, you know what, up for off for him on the ice. Yeah, I appreciate that. He Busted was lost. your behind, so bro. If I was having trouble away from the rink, which I did, it's publicly documented. Oh, he no was doubt. there for me through thick and thin. That's so awesome. I love the man. And no, that, that, that's God the reason why soul. I actually have similar affections for the Giants because I come in in 03. I'm, a, I'm the wild kid from East Orange, Montclair. I'm, <laughs> I'm loaded everywhere. I'm coming into practice, you know, smelling like a brewery. Yeah, and and then I get arrested on marijuana possession after my rookie year. And now, you know, Tom Coughlin, you probably know some of the yeah, story. Sure, no His problem. demeanor and all that. Kind of like my my boss for Lou Lamorello, yeah. who was a very disciplined Bro, It could have mean like they didn't have to keep me. I, I, gave mm. him, I gave him hell as a rookie. I gave the league hell. But they didn't have to keep me. They Sounds just, very, I, I can yeah. relate so much. So I'm with you, bro. We, we got the same they, story. They stick with us through thick and thin. Because, it means something. You know, and, and I realize all now, and I, I say this humbly, and I'm sure you can correlate your story as well, that they knew my heart. Yeah. They knew my heart was in the right place. Especially. Yeah, was I uh, a wild child at times? Was yeah. I doing things I shouldn't <laughs> be doing? Absolutely. We all, we all my do. owner was, even with Lou, he'd take him aside and I'd say, this is... You know, with Kenny, I've got a lot longer leash. <laughs> Lou goes, I should trade him right now. With a, and uh, me and Lou laugh about it now. He's still general manager, eight years old of the New York Islanders now. But Jeez. he was uh, instrumental in my career, obviously. Yeah. But they, they battle, and, and the owner was just, like I said, he was sticking by me. He says, this guy plays his butt off for me. Bro. He was my first pick. and But Lou I saw can. it, too. It's this. They saw this. No, they it, saw the character. And that's what's special. Even though I deserved all the... Bro. All the... Uh, you know, you could have came or with the, some, some judgment. Yeah, we yeah, could have yeah. lost some opportunity. All but, the scolding they gave me, I was trying to say. <laughs> I deserved it. And yeah. when I look back, but kids, they stuck man. with me and I'm grateful. Kids, <laughs> bro. Kid, you, 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 you're a kid who became a man. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, learning right along the way. As <laughs> tag on right. But that's the whole point. That's the reason why what makes you so dynamic. That's the reason why you are Mr. Devil himself. Like, like when I'm, cause, because I'm not watching the game, I'm like, I've heard your name for years. I've heard your name for like decades. Like, and I'm like, well, what did he do? You know, like, and then I look at you, I'm like, Damn, he did a lot. You know, yeah. so this dude is the alpha and the mix. You're actually, you know, because, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a strong man of faith. I'm like, yeah, this is the only devils that get a chance I to come in my house it. is New Jersey devils. <laughs> this is the only devils that come in my house is New Jersey devils, I baby. tell everybody, I'm a New Jersey devil through and through. But <laughs> and it's tattooed on my heart, the devil logo. But just the emblem of the devils. I'm an I'm an angel at heart now. That's I it, like baby. To say it. That's it, brother. <laughs> but that but that but that's everybody wants the man that can that, that can go through the furnace. So who are the people? Like you said, you've already dropped a couple names. Mm -hmm. But when you think about your life and your journey, um, as, even as a man, who were the who were the people that really helped to shape some of your temperament and your mindset? Because really, it's your mindset. You were freaking. You were a savage, but you could show up to show up to work and give your team your best. Yeah, I. I always say, and people say, you don't give yourself enough credit at times, I hear, but I wasn't the most talented. I know what I was. I was talented as a youngster, pretty talented junior, but to get to 
the National Hockey no different. You play in college ball, but to be a real good NFL, to be as good as you were in college in the NFL, a lot of guys you can't translate yeah. everything. You have to find a role. Because mm. I, I had some offense in juniors. I was a tough kid, which intimidation was a big part of hockey back then, that way more so in my era. And it was what it was. That's and right. I've gone with the times. Now the game's changed a little bit. But so toughness was going to get my foot in the door. But I had I had a little pretty good offense. I wanted to do a lot. But I I understood that you have to find a definitive role. And I was told, uh. Lou Lamorello, who was my – I'd already played four or five years I was just getting my feet wet, but I was in the farm team as well, going up and down, and and, and I'm, I wanted to play so bad. I wore my emotions on my sleeve. And yeah. Guys in the, the organization knew I'd run through a brick wall to play. That's, they didn't, and that was the emotion on and off the ice. I was, it was go, go, go all the I time. Love it. But Lou kind of came in, a no-name, but really, he was pro- big in Providence. Providence College, sure. athletic director, coached baseball, hockey there. Yeah. And what I love about, uh, the late great John McMullen, the owner at the time, he recognized nobody knew much about Lou. He didn't bring in this this experienced general manager from the National Hockey League from ten. No resume. Years. He knew we had to turn turn the the culture around, the uh, direction of the team. We were okay. getting close because we were drafting good players. Sure, but now it's about putting all this guy Lou Lamarillo comes in. Who's Lou Lamarillo? <laughs> Coming from Providence, nobody knows because usually it's the yeah. guy you know. He come the second he came in. He struck the fear of God in everybody. You could see it. Like he just mm. had that presence. You don't teach that. He was a this is a presence of you better listen to this guy. You yeah. better respect this guy. He's a no nonsense guy. You could you Ooh. felt it. Like he didn't he didn't have to earn it. We yeah. just as soon as that's he came Tom in, that's I'm it. like, yeah, yeah. Tom, I was, oh, when you mentioned good. Tom Coffin, I was gonna say exact same thing. Very similar, but and, and Lou Lamo was that guy that tough as nails, he would you know, discipline you a lot, yeah, yeah. but had your back and loyal. If you were loyal to the team, if he believed in you, loyal. As well. Some people thought he was just, no, not so you do something, you're out. Cause he'd exile yeah. guys for a lot less than I did. I'd say, no doubt. But he knew this, he knew the heart. And so he was a big guy, but early, early in my life, my brother, I have a five-year-old brother that mm. played hockey, but never, you know, got past midget, even to get the junior level, wasn't talented enough. Yep. But he was a ferocious tiger, and he was smaller than me Yeah. when I became 15, 16. So we used to go in my basement. My brother just, he saw something in me. He knew yeah. I had potential to, to take it further than he did. Nice. And so we'd go in the basement with hockey gloves on, helmets. That's when you wore no mask. And I was a kid from like 11 years old on, and he this was five crazy. years older than me. And we'd box in the basement. He's Straight like that. Like crazy. Like just no nonsense. Love each other, but that's what you did then. And he was toughening me up. And he'd always oh, beat me. My mother would tell him to stop. I'd come up with a bloody nose. I'd yeah. come up with marks on me. I turned 15 years old. Um, we go in the basement. I hammered him. I smoked him in the nose. I felt terrible. I broke his nose. <laughs> now I was getting bigger. My brother, you know what he, he was tough as nails. He stopped right there. He says, we're done. He says, we're never fighting again. He was smirking. He knew. I heard. I even heard him a little bit. He goes, "So I want to see. I wanted you just to oh. never quit." Bringing that pit bull out. Yeah, I know it's an old school mentality, Ooh. but that was a long but time you, ago. I, so I, he I was value so that. I'm, I'm, uh, he was know. so instrumental in yeah making me tough, just mentally, sure. physically. But when I he, he knew it was over because he knew I was getting too big and strong. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. It's a big, big shout out to those two. Because you said something that, Pete that actually is my brother is my brother's name. Yeah, so, yeah, big shout out, Pete. So <laughs> you said something that was that was that was powerful because I think people could easily miss this in life because sport is just a metaphor of life. Mm-hmm. You said 
Defi- finding a defining role. You knew that, mm. like, so at what point, when was that turning point, whether it was Lou and other, those other guys, yes. like, what was that turning point in your career where you like, I'm just going to be that boy dog enforcer, and it began to shine? Well, here, look, we, the old saying, right? Jack of all trades, master of none. And, yeah. and, and, and junior, I had some offense. I had toughness. I could play defense. So I was a pretty well-rounded player. Yep. Get to the NHL. To take to be an offensive player in the NHL was you had to have elite, special talent. Sure. You don't know that at the time. And I had a little bit of it when I was yeah, young yeah. in my career. But I played four or five years, but I was up and down the minors. So Lou Lamorello, and I've told this story a million times, but it never gets old. So his first year, I'm getting on the second power play unit a little bit because one of our guys was injured. A guy named mm-hmm. Bruce Driver, who's still around the organization, very talented, skilled player, more finesse. Sure. He missed four games because of injuries, so they got me on the second power play unit, which means you got more opportunity offensively. Sure. Well, I happen to have a little success. I had four points in four games. Bruce comes back, I'm off the power play. Mm. So I'm grumpy. I'm at practice. <laughs> I'm wearing, I wore my emotion on my sleeve, like I said. And Lou Lamorello goes, Kenny, come to my office after practice. He goes, something's bothering you. He knew exactly what was bothering me. I don't know at the time. And I, yeah. So, and he, like I said, intimidating guy, but I was always the guy ready to challenge him. And even though, even when I was wrong, and that was most of the time, yeah. I went to his office and go, Lou, I had so much success in the power play, four points in four games, and now I'm not in the power play. And he yeah. goes, he says, Kenny, sit down. He says, I liken my team to an orchestra. In order to make beautiful music, everybody has to play their instrument to a T. There's no word of a lie. Exactly how he said it. He goes, there's violinists, there's pianists, there's drummers. What Now he gets a little angry. What category do you think you fall in there? Now I'm pissed too. I get up. I throw the chair. Like I'm going, yeah, but because I'm maybe not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I know exactly where he's going. I go, I'm a drummer. You know, meaning <laughs> I'm in the trenches guy. He goes, exactly. You're a drummer. Bruce Driver's a power play guy. He's a more of a finesse guy. He's yeah. that guy. He says, but by the way, he says, he says, you master that. I, I throw the chair. I'm ready to walk out. I'm, I'm angry because Heck yeah, I want to do everything. It's not working but your I was way. smart enough. To, I'm ready to shut the door. And he calmly folds his arms and goes, Kenny, you master that drum. You're going to play 15 years in this league. You want to be a violinist. I'll, I'll call 15 teams around the league and see if they need a violinist. Man. I slammed the door, took it to heart, and really absorbed it. And he, he go, I go. It makes sense. Like he wants, he didn't care if I scored. Didn't get, yeah. If you get one, great. It's fun for the team, fun for me, but it's a bonus. Yeah. I'm there to kill penalties, defend teammates, scrap once in a while, block shots, do all the dirty work. Jeez. But I, I, it got through to me. I listened to him because I would have been out of league in five, six years because if I wanted to do everything, it, if I was trying to do too much, it yeah. takes away from the role I can excel at Man, this is at huge. that level in the National Hockey League. Woo. So, no, this, I, this is a lot life. of guys, a lot of guys. I always wanted guys I played junior against going, you're so absorbed in your own life and your own career while you're playing. I'm going, what happened to that guy? He only played like a year and a half. He played two years. He was so damn good. He was way better than me in junior. And when I, five, 10 years after my career and I, I retired, I go, I get it now. He says, because everybody, it's easier said than done. It's way. You have to listen. You have to absorb. Lou. <laughs> Pounded it in my head. Yeah. You can have a good career, Kenny, if you simplify it to what 
is going to make you successful here. You can't do it all because it's going to take away from, because you're not talented enough offensively, yeah. and it's going to take away from what you can really do well. Listen. And that's defense and everything. That's so fantastic. I retire and uh, fast forward the story. Lou still tells the story to youngsters today and asks me, Kenny, can it's I tell the story? He loves it. He says, I, I use the Ken Danico story because I was the first guy I used it on in the pro yeah. level. He says, Kenny, I've been using it for years. Yeah. And I said, Lou, I love 20 it. I years. said, because... So I retire in 2003. We have a press conference, announce my retirement, Lou's there, and I, I turn to Lou, and it was, I go, this is going to be an inside joke. People won't understand this. I said, just to piss Lou off, I played 20 years. Lou chuckled. He knew exactly what he was talking about. Because he said I was going to play 15. <laughs> but I said, I'm forever grateful. Because he instilled in me, you got to find a role for yourself. And oh, that's why huge. I stayed on one team for so long. That's why... I played as long as I did. Yeah. If I didn't, I know I know for a fact I no. would have been out of the league sooner than later you can't. because I couldn't do everything. This, but this is a lot like, like, this is a life, life lesson. That's not just you gotta get life. good at something. Yes. Not you just gotta sports. get good at something. Yeah. yeah, like and actually that's what actually fuels your confidence when you know, like, you know what, I'm I'm the best at this. When I came into the league, I was, I was I wasn't like you know most people don't come into the league like oh I'm gonna play special teams. I'm like hell, <laughs> yes. hell does that? I'm gonna catch touchdowns. Yeah. I, I know. It's like, but the funny thing was that was I had the same struggle in college, so that's why I ended up playing special teams. I'm like, I'm not gonna sit on the bench and just wait my turn. I'm gonna go block a punt. I'm gonna find a way to fill this fill the stat sheet. So my mind was like, man, I got I got to win somehow. So true. you know, it's just crazy how that that ended up being the avenue for me. And I'm like, well, this is the way that. I, that I can actually play in the National Football League. So you got to get good at something, man. All right, so this is crazy. Let me get into a little bit of your life because there, <laughs> there's always the, the, the life side, right? Like your, oh, yeah. your dynamic force um, in your career. When I think about, my, like, it's, it's, to me, what intrigues me the most is, the, is the, as you said, the physical toughness, the mental toughness. Um, obviously, you talked about your brother shaping that. What were some of the, like, you know, when I, when I think about adversity, maybe it's some of the dark days, some of the, those those waning moments that no one wants to see, no one maybe doesn't even want to talk about until it's over. What what, what could that look like for Ken Danico through your through your years and experience? Oh gosh, I mean, my my joke is the New York New Jersey metropolitan area chewed me up and spit me out a lot <laughs> away from the rink because bright bright lights, big yeah. city, big state, everything. I mean, I'm coming from a Western Canada, smaller yeah, town. Of course. You know, hockey was, like I said, a religion. It was everything, and, and I was no different. I lived, ate, slept, slept drank it. But yeah, I was a gregarious, wild kind of person that <laughs> played my butt off on the ice. Yeah. And when I learned what was out there, I wanted to play off the ice <laughs> as well. And, you know, I went in, like I said, it's public knowledge. I, I went yeah. through ups and downs. So I had a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. And I was it, I, was I, it all I, alcohol? Did you in, in each I, I, I alcohol was my thing? Yeah. But everybody, but you coming through the eighties, it was yeah, it was yeah. you know it was cocaine in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody indulges in a little bit. Alcohol was hockey. Yeah, yeah. It was that's, that's but don't get me wrong. I'm not naive enough to say we all didn't trust me, bro. Not to get too deep, we was into out that, here. But, yeah, yeah. So but we're, alcohol, we're not going to glorify yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We move. But alcohol was was the thing. Now. I always, I joke with friends now. I, I've been sober 11 years and, and I'll get back to the little first part of the story. And my, I can go out anywhere because I'm comfortable in my own skin now. I, and I, I wasn't, mm. with my buddies to drink, I said, 
like, are you sure we can have beer around you? This is first few years. And even later as I go, guys, I spilt more than you drank. I do it. It's over. It's not part of my life anymore because I can't. I said, I wanted to be a good professional drinker. Sure. I was for a lot of years. I was a pro at this. I was a pro. But once I crossed that line, I always said once and it's addiction. It's, yeah. People don't. Addiction it is. is addiction. It is. And once I became a pickle, I couldn't become a cucumber again. I tried mm. many times because I wasn't a one-time winner. But during my <laughs> career, I didn't know, maybe 10 years of my career, into my career, I was like always questioning myself, going, you know what? You got to grab hold of this. You're, sure. you're a little out of control. Yeah. You're going out too much. You're, you like the nightlife. I love the nightlife. That was me. I wasn't a guy sitting at home Sneaking a drink at home, or no, you was out I here in the streets. I had to be in the action. I had to be in the. But give me, give me, I didn't realize how how it started to take hold of my life. What, what was your What was your most memorable experience? Even if it was Even if it was a wild night, what was your most oh, memorable gosh, experience? I, there is so many good ones. <laughs> <laughs> give me one. Okay. Give me one. I gotta have oh, one. Oh, I had tequila shots with Sean Penn at the China Club. <laughs> oh, I thought man. it was the coolest thing ever in the eighties. Heck he wouldn't yeah. remember. He wouldn't even know who I am. I remember. <laughs> I'm going, I'm a little kid from Edmonton, Alberta. Maybe played three years in the league. Okay. I was a big, Monday night was the big China Club night. And yeah. They love the hockey guys too, but there's always actors there or other athletes. And That's crazy. So that was one of my Owning my it. big moments. You know, I, I went to LA. I was hanging out with Rob Lowe and all. Was that 80s, early 90s? 80s, mid 80s. Like I said, a lot of those guys won't remember. I remember because <laughs> I had a, some late, a late night with them. Yeah. But, you know, I, you know, it's not to throw names out. Right? We've all done fun Listen, bro, But I was like here. a little kid. Like, you know, and, and so listen, I was like enamored. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and you know, you, they liked to have fun. I liked to have fun. They enjoyed hanging around other athletes or whatever it may yeah. be. There's a lot of other guys, but those are a couple of the memories of of some crazy times that but you uh, overcame them man overcame it. Well, and it was and, fun don't get me wrong dude a lot what, of it was fun but, yeah. then, but a lot of it became a lot of turmoil in my life so so and, and what was that breaking point was there like i said was there a point where somebody got hurt that you didn't want to get hurt because that that was a role of alcohol i hurt i hurt people like not i was never of i never course. intentionally hurt people yeah. like you don't you're not trying to intentionally hurt people but you know whether it was my wife today, we, she survived me. I tell you, she survived me through mm -hmm. college, right? Like, as most people, sometimes there's some casualties. So share, share that part. And what was that breaking point? Because thank God we got Ken Danico yeah. the man today. Oh, man. You know what? I, because I was, the devil's organization was such a part of me and a foundation. And they'd stuck with me forever. But look, I mean, obviously, you don't see it when you're in it. When my kids were little. Sure. And I was there and my family was everything. But... I'm still, you don't realize the damage you're doing. You don't realize they know at a young age, 10, 11, dad's sure. nightlife's crazy. He's not as home as much. He's, you know, and, and you don't, you, you don't realize it at sure. the time, no matter what. You're, or you're living in a fantasy world. You know, I'm providing for my family. I'm having fun. But after my career, you know, after not having to be in shape sure. as much. I, so I, I went a little wild again. Yeah. And I'm like... Until it's going to be, the, I'm going to give it another, the old kick at the can. Like I'm, because I was sober off and on during my career. Yeah. And, you know, had some success with it, but what curbed it was my career because it was so important to me. You know Absolutely. I mean? Forgetting families, everything, but it's still, and, and I adored my oh, kids. It's, and it's adored an addiction. Family, it's real. But it was addiction. The nightlife took over at times. 
And I didn't know how much they know till I, they know now. And after my career, went a little crazy. And then I had a turning point where I know you're very, uh, I'm very spiritual, yeah, very man. in the faith. I, I had an aha moment. I scared something. 2006 was going to happen bad. And then I still, then I curbed it. And then my last little hurrah was 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 Started drinking in the afternoon, was just starting the night because ready to go to New York City. Yeah, yeah. Go a little right. crazy. Got into a little trouble. I don't want to get into the details of the trouble. No but problem. It be, which I thought was going to be the worst night of my life, mm. turned out to be the greatest blessing in the world because something happened to me that day. I was on the cusp of thinking I'm going to lose it all. Yeah. Saying, they're only going to put up with so much. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's the devil's organization, whether it's my family, sure. whether it's my kids and whether it's my livelihood, everything, something happened. And I had that, that awe moment, that spiritual awakening. Yeah, no, and, it's, and that's, it, was, that's, it was real. Mine, mine, Dave, I ain't getting too deep in it. Mine was a day later after being a little depressed and going, sure. I, I, I'm not happy with it drinking. I'm not happy without it. Mm. I, I, I'm, I'm in the middle. Like I, I, I'd already I'd already committed to myself saying I'm playing Russian roulette. I can curb it at times because I was given in because yeah. I, I I'd been surrender, so hurt, bro. And I couldn't. But then finally, this moment and it, God puts everything in in, in due in time for season. a reason. And I'm a believer in that sure. because this incident that I'm talking about was I had a dream like I, that he spoke. With, I was spoken to from the standpoint that mm-hmm. spiritual way. My spiritual way was he says. Somebody spoke to me, and I'm, I will say it's God for me. Listen, was, brother, you talking said, to a spiritual man. I, I believe God is alive. But, so intervenes. this happened to me, and I don't say it much. You're, yeah. you're the first podcast I've said this on, but I had, it was two nights after being depressed and going, if I don't quit, I'm going to either kill myself, somebody else, or I'm going to ruin my life completely, wow. which I'd already had potholes. and Sure. Things were going downhill in certain yeah. areas, and it was like, Woke up one that day and it was, I'd heard, vividly heard in that, I thought it was a dream and it sure. was vividly heard two strikes. You get two strikes against you. The third one, you're out. Wow. And it, it was real. I woke up the next day, kind of revitalized going, I'm not drinking anymore. Told my wife, my girl, it was my, we were living together, girlfriend sure. at the time. My wife, Margaret, told her at the time, I says, I think I'm done. She goes, you said that a million times. Don't want to hear it. I said, I won't tell you again. So all of a sudden, wow. a year comes around. I hadn't had a drink. She goes, and I did some things to help it out as well. But sure. uh, she goes, it's been a year. She goes, I thought, she goes, holy, you wow, know what? Bro. I go, Margaret, I have not had, I have not had one desire to go back. to Like it just cut off after 20 years. It took to get 11 years, I'm 11 years sober. It took 25, 30 years. Um, yeah, I got you. So I'm not a first time winner. I bang my head against the <laughs> no. wall consistently, trying, trying again, because I'm not a quitter. <laughs> Come on, bro. This is Ain't something no I had to here. But I had a spiritual awakening. Yes, yeah. that was, Man, was monumental you, for me that I say to this day, I'm rescue because I've never had the desire to drink again, and I haven't. And and anybody wants, uh, I always say this. I, I try to help kids once in a while or younger kids that yeah. are going down the same path. I say, I have no magic formula. But I said, you better get some faith. You better get some yes. belief in your system. Because I said, because this wasn't me. Because yeah. I tried on my own a million times. 
Bro. I got in my hands and knees. I begged for some damn help. And yeah, he we got the same. We, we have a very similar <laughs> story in relation to because I was a binge drinker. And I, I I only drank to get drunk, so I didn't like. Yes, I wasn't same a casual drinker. I'm like everybody. You know, everybody got a little different relationship with alcohol. So I'm, yes. I'm in the same. I'm in. I'm in the same way. It actually happened like right before I technically came to faith because I wasn't even. I wasn't born religious at all. I have no like spiritual mm -hmm. upbringing. And all listen, I'm sharing. The, I'm, I'm about to you know. 12 pack with my dog and I just got arrested. I just got arrested and I'm like, I got to change my life. Um, but you know, first thing I'm gonna do is break open some, some beers, you know? And that's the wild part about it is, you know, I'm, I'm actually at her, her, her mom's house in the Bronx, hanging out with her brother. We go get some Coronas, you know, and, you know, you know, we was cool. You know, black, you know, black folk. You know, back in the day, you get Coronas <laughs> and lemon. Whatever the rappers yeah. say that we do. <laughs> Big shout out to Jada kids, you know, you know, so, um, you know, and, and we get to 12, I, I drink a beer, and it, it just didn't taste the same. And I never, and, and in my mind, I wasn't planning on not drinking, but I, I think my aunt invited me to church that weekend, and I never, I never drank again. Never had a desire to drink. It's, That's it's amazing. Like, you were younger, right? Like yeah, I, I, I had to bang my you, you, head against the wall you until went 45. Hard. Yeah. You went hard, bro. Like, I totally understand. But I, but I, I wish. remember. That's my only regret. David, I, is, I, I wish I got a little earlier. Yeah. And I, and I tried hard, and yeah. I did have... A ton of stretches, year and a half, six months of sobriety, sobriety. But my career was so important to me. Yeah. But that's all regrets. And everything, like we say. No, it counts for reason. You got it earlier. And God bless you. Because <laughs> it's awesome. And I'm not saying there's only one way to. There's I never no, preached there's one way to get sober or not. Heck no. Whether it's. I'm just saying how it helped me. And Man. having a little spiritual awakening and faith helped Bro, me. <laughs> it's, it's, a lot, it's a game changer because you're, you're, you're content with you. That's the yeah. most powerful yeah. part about Ken Danico is like, man, not only did I have this, I could actually wake up every day and, and not be disappointed in, yeah. in who so I just, am and what I did. You, you talk about who you hurt. We hurt everybody, our kids, <laughs> our family. But who you, I was disappointing First and foremost, myself, because I have high standards for myself. There you go. Whether it was as an athlete, yeah. whether it was as a person, yet I couldn't understand. I wasn't getting this addiction thing. I don't know. How is it affecting me differently? Why is my, why when I drink, I drink to get drunk? Like every time, like I'm not sitting there wanting a little glass of sip of wine. I'm getting, I'm drinking to get drunk. All the way there, All bro. The way. Take me to the moon, You know what? To this day, my kids, a 20 year old daughter, and I'm going to be a, a grandfather. Uh, in a couple months, Big not even a couple months, uh, my daughter Taylor's having having a baby. My son's twenty three, just graduated. My relate, and it always was even still pretty darn good when they were kids, but sure. they knew a lot more about the nightlife than I thought because we laugh about it now. We can yeah. laugh, we can laugh about thank me. God, and our relationship is so close now, way closer because they are so they're as proud of this as Dad winning three Stanley Cup championships. Damn. Dad's Dad's present now, like Heck completely yeah. present, not just. There, because I'd be there a lot of the time. Yeah. But are you there? There, <laughs> you know. It's what powerful, I mean? so. bro. No, man. Like, like I, 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 number one, I, I really appreciate because you know I'm all about like me, truth, transparency, trans, transformation. When you kind of get free, and you know, we don't talk about it to celebrate it. We talk about it because we know that people actually are having this struggle, mm -hmm. and um, people want to win. They want to overcome. They need inspiration, and you actually have lived it. You've lived it, and it's worse. You've lived it at its highs. You've survived it. And um, and man. I still make tons of mistakes. Yeah. I just, 
and and I continue to try as we well, all do in life get better. I just don't choose to drink anymore or using that as a crutch, but, but which I used coaches, to. Isn't yeah. that what your coaches tell you? Don't make the same mistake. Yeah. Like, like uh, you know, I'm, and I'm, I'm the most stubbornest, <laughs> stubborn guy you'll ever met. As a lot of us are as well, athletes, but I I had to bang my head against the wall a hundred times for go. Yeah, you told me not to make them. I, I made the mistake a hundred times. <laughs> I'm ready now. <laughs> uh, it's cool to acknowledge that you know it's it's not always equal, right? So, so when you're when you're a Hall of Fame iconic talent, or you're providing so much value, and, and people get you know people get in the fairness argument when you're the re, when you're a big part of the reason why the, the franchise is winning three Stanley Cups. It's not like you're turning the blind eyes that this guy is so valuable to us. We're going to bear with him, and the reality is, in your heart, at least. You're not trying to jack it up, right? Some oh, people, gosh. some people have the attitude where they're like literally trying to jack it up, like you know, it's like where they're brazen with it. It's like yeah, they I, killed me. I yeah. go home and I get depressed or be down on myself. I'm going, yeah. what am I doing? Because number one, I had such respect for my organization. Sure, I'm grateful because I had the right people in my organization that believed in me. Man, and champion. I told you from my owner, first owner John Wong to Lou Lamorello. To a lot, to the guys today. Sure. Watch how I represent the organization and, and, and be an ambassador because I care for them. Yeah. Because they cared for me, all of them, even the guys now that didn't see that side of Ken Danico. Yeah. Our new ownership and our new uh, executives, all everybody. Sure. Just, but they know the stories. They you know, know, but they see my heart's been with, with that, that team is my family. Like, it's been with them forever. Love it. But I'm grateful that they stuck with me because. I don't take that for granted. Yeah. A lot of times they probably shouldn't. Know. Yeah, yeah. Not like just like like I said, because some people, especially when you when we have you know this this, you, not many people. Number one, have <laughs> your resume. I'm like, golly. Oh, so so and and you know you can stay humble and I can brag on you because <laughs> 20 years, you know, like. But the, the the cool part is how you're deeply connected to how valuable that is. To you and recognizing, you know, because that's 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 like that's that's having full circle. And I don't want I want the, the, the guests to kind of tune in on that because sometimes when we're in it, in the moment, you're delivering so much value. You're so focused on what you've done and not focused on what other people have to either deal with, what opportunities are created. Um, you know, when people want you around, that's something. That's something amazing, right? Just to be just to be in that seat, man, and you've lived it. To so, me, David, and I'll say this. Didn't mean to interrupt you. No, but, go for it. Um, and and I, I don't say this just to say it because the fans are everything. Like if, if and I know athletes change and everybody we take for granted. We got to focus on our jobs when you're playing. Sure. But even after all these years that I've my playing days are over, what 2003, so 19 years now. And, and yeah, I'm doing the broadcast and still relate with the fans. But I used to think like, why is that? fan want a picture with me again or why do they want another autograph or because they probably got it 150 times and i probably had a beer with all the fans that were in my generation i probably had a beer with every one of them because i was one of those guys that i love the fans i love being with them. I, I haven't changed to this day because you know what i realize that person i'll get if i get one tweet because social media or sure. or even a something after where i took that extra picture or i shook their hand or I said hello after they reached on they go I've had so many people I was going through a really bad day you made my day you know, that means something now like in our own day we're playing we're caught up in our own world yep. too much so that's why if I can help it I never turn a fan down because 
they are what made me. Their support they gave me, yeah. thick and thin, it means something. But I don't take that for granted now that I, I forget they may be going through something we have no idea. And they look up to you so much or they appreciate yeah. uh, an athlete or a, or, or a sports figure or a player from their team or something. Sure. That you make, you put a smile on their face that day, it may change something way bigger than we don't even know what's going on in their life. I'm a, I am believe that. No, so. you, you're absolutely 100% living it, man. Um, all right, so just uh, probably just come, I want to think about when you think about the evolution, I always like to think about the contrast because now I'm looking at even the NFL game change. And and we can, you know, we can speak candidly. It's a softer game. It's not as mm-hmm. it's in and, and to speak positively, it's a more finesse game, hockey and football, You're right? right? The athletes are better, the training's better, all this other stuff. Technology of everything. Te- that's technology. <laughs> How do you what are your th- what are your feelings like? And I'm a I'm an old school like grizzly mentality guy. So my mindset is of when you talked about your brother punching in the basement, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, physical yeah, toughness. Yeah, that's not the kind of training I think they do anymore. <laughs> physical toughness means to mental toughness. Mental yeah, yeah, toughness yeah, yeah, leads yeah. to championship. So, like, what's your take on that? And, like, yeah, like I said, it's not about a bashing, but, like, there's, there, I do have, like, this sadness deep down in me because, yeah, I want, I want, some, I want some savages who can be civil, but it's savages who it's will make the It's a fine line, right? Yeah, right. People ask me all the time, could you have played in today's era? You didn't skate well enough. You couldn't do this. I go, my era was my era. Yeah. It was more intimidating. That's the way we trained. We would have trained like the kids say. I, I, I would say I'm balanced now. First few years out, yeah, I, I started to miss some of it when the game had changed a little bit, more finesse, more skill. Now I love it. I, I yeah. And I get why they did it, and I get why they do f- football where they've curbed some rules. Oh, they've they have to. a ton of rules. They have to. Because we know so much more about... The head, the, the head. brain, oh, the brain injuries. The, the, so it's protect players at sure. all costs. And I'm all for that. My era, though, don't get me wrong, I loved it because it wasn't that. Yeah. But having said that, that was my time. I'm grateful I got out relatively unscathed as far as health-wise, which <laughs> some players didn't. Um, truthfully. So I respect the fact that they're protecting players at all costs. Sure. But the speed of the game, and I, I'm sure it's simple, has gone to a whole nother level. It's just 200. Uh, foot ice it's not a lot of room to move up to these guys are so skilled so fast that these collisions at a high pace that they just don't allow you to hit the same way yeah the fighting yeah. has kind of gone by the wayside on its own they've yeah. it. they don't there's no rule that you can't still so i still like it once in a blue moon sure but i don't need to see it as much like got it but i loved it in my time but Long story short, <laughs> I guess I've kind of got sane in my old age. Yeah, yeah. I, I look back at some old YouTube stuff of me or other players, like <laughs> colleagues or players that play against. I'm going, we were nuts. <laughs> we, we, we were certifiably nuts. So, um, and no, and, and now I understand the transition sure. and the where the game's gone, and I love the skill level. So I'm really balanced with it. Like sure. I, I, I tell people, I don't even compare errors because. Mine was my time. Sure. And I loved it. No, it's good. As crazy as it was. Today, I love watching how skilled these guys are, how incredible they are. And it's still a physical game to some yeah, respect, if, just not the craziness. Of and for game. a guy who didn't, like, I'm telling you, I had, like, zero, zero hockey. I told, I told you, I'm like, it is the best. It's probably the best live experience. I've only been in two hockey games. But, I mean, like, 
not having interest, of course, you know, it's only, you know, we, we, you know, we, we get our token black guys in hockey, we get it, you know, like, it's, it's, it's always fun because they're, they're dynamic, though, like, you know, all the guys that choose Listen, to play the sport. It's grown tremendously. Yeah. We, the Devils do, we do this hockey in Newark program where inner city kids yeah, talk about because that's where all my family is in newark east orange Montclair. i that is, is gratifying for me too like we've had hispanic kids black kids come play and they excel at it they never would have been exposed to it no, because they never got an opportunity it's, it's, and I, now some of them going not only are they great athletes but they like it they love it and it gives them an outlet i never so we've really done a good job in our organization where prudential is in newark with the it's kids powerful. there i love it and Watching them and how much that fun they have, and yes, it grows our game of hockey. Yeah, but uh, but it's, it's it's like I said, it's I mean like it's, it was just from a relatability standpoint. Like, but it's actually one of the most impressive games to not just participate in live, but you actually guys on. When I think about the fact, because you know every game go to the gym and you play floor hockey, right? And you know you feel like you're doing something. Yeah. I'm like, oh, these jokers are on skates, skates little thin blades. <laughs> like these jokers are. But on. I, I joke, damn, it's just. How'd you learn to skate so easy? I go, if you didn't come out of your mother's womb with a pair of skates on where I grew up in Canada yeah. and cold, you had nothing to do them. <laughs> so it, it's all relative. Yeah. It excels at certain things. Hockey, Canada, was, or, uh, hockey was everything in Canada. But I, I've loved, whether it's inner city, whether it's in the southern belt, sure. hockey, our game's grown a lot. That's fantastic. And that's the grassroots programs that the National Hockey League sure. and all the, the different teams in their communities, whether it's Tampa Bay Lightning, who have had six Florida Panthers, you know, Los Angeles, Dallas, Wayne Gretzky kind of made hockey a thing. Our, Listen, our, sure did. our was, legend, our great, our Michael Jordan <laughs> of hockey, or yeah, um, Wayne Gretzky kind of now, made, in the 80s, made it an in thing. Hockey nope. moved it up a, a, a tadpole the, because of who he was. He was the only person that every black kid knew about. Like, Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. I'm like, okay, what does he do? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. When, when you see the highlights, you find out real quick what the guy yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, all right, so you talked about cigars. I, I think this is like, what, what are some of the things that either interest you or inspire you and really keep you motivated? You're still close to the game. Like you said, you already, you already talked about moving, moving in the community, but, you know, who is Ken Danico? How do, you know, mm. how do those things express themselves wow that's a good i like the question that's, that's <laughs> deep <laughs> i you know for my leisure time now i i mean I, i'm hockey through and through i can talk 24 7 i love in it in the summer during the it, it just it never leaves you i bleed devils red, red and black right. because i've been with them for 40 years there's up this year yeah. and in fact this weekend they i say this again humbly which i was very surprised, but I'm grateful. They're honoring me at one of the games uh, on the weekend to to kind of celebrate 40, 40 years, years of being with one organization. Amazing. I'm proud of that. I, I, it, it, Jersey's it gives own. me goosebumps because, not because I don't need any pats in the back and accolades and stuff anymore. It's more about I am proud that I've been able to stay with one team this long. They've respected me. They've been loyal to me. I've respected them. I've been loyal to them. And it's importantly, it's for the fans to get an opportunity to, to just now, when is when, pre, when, when have, is this? I need to have it understand Sunday, Sunday at two o'clock game coming up <laughs> against the Columbus Blue Jackets. But it's um, and it's Ukrainian Heritage Night. My roots are Ukrainian and all the horrific stuff going in Ukraine. So I wow. like that it's part of it's it, it's coincides. It's all, it's all coming together because that is my roots. My kids went there a few years ago and 
to see their culture and tremendous. So, so just a lot of good things in that day. Sure. But for me to, for me, what it's about is you know the fans going to clap and celebrate, and a guy that's been there a long time. A lot of the fans weren't weren't born when I in my playing days. But it's about me being able to thank them and say thank you for the support over the years and, and the Devils organization for them to recognize it. It's beyond heartwarming to me. It really is that they're just saying, been here 40 years, we're going to have a night for you. They retired my number. They've had nights and they did some things that, you know, blow my mind the night. But this is like, I'm going, really, guys? I go, you know what? Thank you. It's, it's just, just it's humbling, you. right? It's humbling. It's, 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 you know, I tell goes, people all that time. That 40 years that went quick. I mean, maybe it does mean something. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> we all want to f- feel good every, about. Come on, man. Giving our heart and soul for one away. team and one organization. Well, this is what a lot of athletes really struggle with when they don't have those kinds of connections. Mm-hmm. And man, kudos to the Devils for getting it right and honoring your your your, your forty year tight because it's relationships, right? When you give your life to something you, and you, you feel you like get what, you get what you give kind of a deal. Yeah. Right? You and realize that when you're done more. You, you live the dream, but you know, especially, especially with the team and the relationship, man, that, that warms my heart. And I got a great relationship with the New York football giants. I got a chance to work in the front office up until 2020. It didn't end well. I'll say that much. It didn't end well, but all I, things. I, I, yeah, it, that's why I am so great. Cause I amazing. know I don't take any of that for granted. Cause you Bro. never know. Special. Right from one day to the next, right? And, and, what transpires? And no one owes you nothing in life. Nobody so, owes you nothing. And, and that's 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 what's special, man. You uh, asked me quickly, yeah, and I'm, go, go I, I always I hate cutting you off, but because I'm trying to go back to your original question, what do I enjoy? I enjoy golf. It's nice. the most humbling sport in the world. I play a lot in the off season. I play in a lot of golf charities. Yeah, other I play in OJ Anderson's golf charity. I play nice. in. Mary, Mariana Rivera sometimes. There are different athletes that we help each other out. Joe Torrey's all the time. Nice. Because you're giving back. And, yes, and we're getting to play golf. I mean, obviously, that's a lot of fun. But I'm one of those guys, I can't get any better. It stinks because it's it's such a great game, but it's a difficult game. It is. I love that. I Yes, I'll have my own cigar on the course because that's relaxing to me. Yeah. That's one of my last vices that I say I got to watch, too. But, <laughs> but it's better than a lot of the it's other better things than I a whole lot. So I yeah. did. And, and kids, even though they're adults, they're still my little, they act like little kids still. That's you right. guys know that. You, you have a big wide range of ages. 20 to 9. Like, we still they, they still need you. And yeah. I can be there for them. And that's, those are the great. Those yeah. are some of the things. Bro, you're 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 literally an inspiration, man. I can't wait to get you, you know, hang out with you a little bit more, knowing that we share this. You we know, gotta go to dinner, bro. We, we, we do live pretty and around the corner. Randolph. I'm in Dover, we're <laughs> Randolph. This is a Jersey vibe. This is special. So so man, I, I can't thank you enough because I'll be going on, you know, like me and you, you got we got the jersey. Jersey we talk. That's what we do. So you you fit in. We talk, we're gonna live, we're gonna be real, we're gonna be gritty. But ultimately, you you are a great, you're a legend. And I honor you as a man, because this is one of our first true interactions. But I honor you as a man ah, for your thanks, story dude. and how you've overcome as a champion. So I want to thank you, man. Can you, you're A1. Any last words or anything that you want to share with, with the audience? And, um, you know, like I said, uh, hopefully we'll put this thing just, with the steam roll. Just was a pleasure being on with you, man. And, and I, I, lo- I love Jersey through and through. And Especially. Born and raised here. But uh, this is great. It was a lot of fun. You know what You know what happens, too, sometimes? You know, you take your time out. You do, whether it's podcasts or in interviews or whatever. But one like this, that it was so relaxing for me. And it really brings back, you reminisce. And, yeah. and, and it, it brings back the good, the bad, the indifferent. And understanding why I'm... You know, it's, it, it, it's healthy 
yeah for me you know what i mean when yes we, we go back on certain times to, to remind yeah there was a lot of good there yeah. was a lot of bad but i don't want to go back to that come on other side See, you know me? what i mean so that's why i'm grateful to come out guys like you that just yeah you're, you're a lot of fun but you're but you're real and, and it really uh it's life you really understand it and i'll go on forever too because i can talk like, <laughs> like anybody sometimes i because it's old things come in your head and go oh yeah i remember that so you want to you want to go on but i bro we'll, we'll get part, too much we'll get part two i'll mess around with my co-host mess around with ken dad go ahead you and my co-host for a season no, but uh, it was really a pleasure being out with you and and your audience like i, I i'm grateful i'm glad you asked me on because no, truly bro. It brought a lot of good uh, you know goosebumps some great uh, stuff that goes on through your body your, you know or, your story and, and, and the and the tears of when things were tough at times yeah. you know what i mean but you overcome it that's what it's about we yeah. all we pick ourselves up dust dust ourselves off that's that's what i would relay to your audience the people that are going through tough times in life yeah all relative you dust yourself off Pick yourself up and and you move forward. That's why right? we're here, One man. Of the, in front of the other. That's why we, that's that's the moment, folks. That's the moment that's here for you. Um, Ken Danico is a legend. I want to thank him for having on. But listen, this story is inspirational. It's still it's still going. There's still new chapters being <laughs> added to it. But ultimately, you talk about resilience, being an overcomer, a three-time champion in his craft. But ultimately, his life lends to one that will continue to lay an impact everywhere he goes even especially in the great garden state so I want y'all to continue to check in youtube subscribe do all that good stuff we'll see you next week and catch some more my brother <laughs> <laughs>